The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman, Malcolm X. Appropriate for us as a message. Um, then the only song I can really kind of think of. Hey, friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa. Hey, hey, how's it going? Happy July, everyone. I cannot believe the seventh month of the year already. I keep asking myself, where has the time like gone? Like, seriously, I can't believe soon we're going to find ourselves in. Well, hopefully October, because that's my favorite month. I seriously am obsessed with October. I love October. I love the fall. I am a fall baby. And uh, seriously, I just, I, but either way, it's just, it's flying by. With that being said, how is everyone doing? I want to know. I hope everyone's holding up and that you guys are doing well, that you actually had a lovely work week. And I can't believe it's already Friday. So I'm hoping you guys are having a lovely Friday and that you have like wonderful plans to do something during the weekend here in Cyprus it is getting hot it is getting humid it's always hot and humid somehow and probably I'll be going to the beach who knows I have to see because I'm a little as as everyone knows I'm a little bit behind on some work and I have a few projects that um I am working on <laughs> and so I've been non-stop like working 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 and seriously I'm either going to go to the beach to relax or I'm going to maybe take a day off to relax at home before we get back into the grind with that being said last what was it last week wait when Monday wait when did I drop the bonus episode what are we today Thursday I think it was on Monday Monday we dropped um the bonus episode that focused on Julia Tafana and how she was um, a godsend to Italian women during the Renaissance. Uh, if you haven't had the chance, go and check out the bonus episode. And also last week we dropped, yes, it was last week, we dropped um, episode 18 where we talked about the sexualization and objectification of women in modern times and especially um, we, we took a look at two articles and the second article that was written by Robin Trans was really fascinating because it made you actually stop and think about moments in your life where, well, guess what? We're kind of all guilty of somehow sexualizing women. This week's episode, <laughs> uh, as I said, I'm going to do because it's such a large topic and I didn't want to cover it all in just one episode because already last week's episode ran for like an hour and five minutes which is the longest episode to date of Beauty Unlocked and so I kind of wanted to break it up and do a three-parter where first I focused on you know defining sexualization and objectification and looking at the different ways women are uh, sexualized and objectified and this week we're going to go into that second part of it, which is the over-sexualization of black women and girls. And then next week, we're going to look at how men are um, sexualized and over-sexualized in modern times. Before 
I get into this week's topic, uh, I wanted to mention a few things. So one of the things is don't forget to follow us on Instagram at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. Yes, it is that. And don't forget to join our Facebook group and page. You can find us on Beauty Unlocked. Um, the Facebook group is private, so um, just send a request and I'll be adding you within the group. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do, this is something new that I wanted to do in the group and the page, is that I actually wanted to do something that's called Spread the Love, and it's going to be every Friday. So apart from dropping Beauty Unlocks episodes on Friday, I want to start a thread called Spread the Love Friday. And Spread the Love is an opportunity to like showcase articles that we may have come across regarding you know, society, culture, um, beauty trends, um, anything like where you can also any kind of influencers you might be following on social media, whether it be on Facebook, on Instagram, or even Twitter. I know that some people like do Twitter. I don't do Twitter because I'm already confuculated when it comes to like social media. I have so many like accounts that I I do for like the different businesses I have. And I'm just like, I, if I add Twitter to it, I would be really confused. So that's why I don't have like Twitter, <laughs> but like any kind of like profiles that like, uh, yeah, so that we follow um, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, any artists with like that come from like different backgrounds. So they could be painters, photographers, um, writers, anything that has to do with like petitions that people are interested in assigning organizations to donate to any kind of like Netflix shows that you, you guys have watched and you would think that all of us would be interested in any kind of Pinterest profiles, um, podcasters, bloggers, vloggers. I mean, really, it's just so that we can spread the love spread the awareness, educate each other, support others. This is this is the whole point of Spread the Love Friday. You know, of course, sometimes on weekends we don't really have anything to do or we don't feel like doing anything. Maybe, you know, we can catch up on reading some articles or checking out some profiles or following people, signing petitions, donating. I do this on like weekends. Um, I go like through my Pinterest business account and I'm looking at like, you know, other... Pin, what would they be called? Pinterest profiles? Pinteresters? I don't know what they would be called. And I go and follow them if I like what what boards and pins they have. So it's it's a way to just kind of spread the love, spread the awareness, educate with like articles. And, you know, we can also like give a follow to like fellow artists and everything. So that's what I'm going to start doing um, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, because tomorrow's Friday because I'm, I'm recording, obviously, on a Thursday. <laughs> so that's Spread the Love. Also, I'm working on a few other things that I hope I'll be able to bring to light within the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm still talking to a few people about it, but hopefully everything will come into fruition like within the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. With that being said, <laughs> let's get into today's topic. Now, as I mentioned, today's topic is regarding the sexualization of black women and girls. I, of course, found so many articles on the topic. One of the things that I do want to mention before I, I, I dive right in is um, trigger warning, because some of the stuff is a bit is a bit heavy. We, we do talk about um, some sensitive topics that um, might bring up 
um, some emotions. Actually, it will bring up emotions because it brought up emotions within me of rage, anger. Ooh, I just got a, ooh, I just got a message. Sorry, um, but yeah. So just trigger warning, just to say that we do talk up and cover certain things that might trigger some, some emotions within us. All right, are you ready? All right. So like I said, um, I did find so many I mean so many articles so I'm going to cite some of them one of the articles I got from the minoritysexreport.com and it was written in 2018 I also got some stuff from um, ayanatherapy.com um, blackburncenter.org wikipedia um, Sarah Bartman I think it was there was the Sarah Bartman Center and also um, a few other um, a few other articles relating to Sarah Bartman um, that I got from also the Internet. I mean, there's just like I said, and a lot of the things were also studies being done, case studies. Um, I also got an opinion, um, an opinion blog post um, on medium.com, which I absolutely adore medium.com. You guys should check it out because they have so many topics i mean you get to choose obviously and kind of narrow down what you want to receive um and you get like three up to three art yeah three articles per month and if you want to like get unlimited access i think it's like five dollars per month so that's medium.com but i found one of the one of the articles i'll be re referencing is um an opinion piece by Im iman forte and it was on medium.com. So those are just some of the few um, few articles that I, I took this from. There's just so much, so much, you guys. The oversexualization of black women. So oversexualization, just to do a recap, um, is the practice of sexualizing excessively. And it is something women, specifically women of color, have been subjected to. In the United States, the history of black women being viewed as sexual objects has been practiced since America's days in slavery. Now, there's a book that I'm actually very interested in getting called Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl um, by Harriet Jacobs. It says, according to the book, Harriet Jacobs lamented that it was criminal for a favorite slave to wish to be virtuous. This harkens back to Celia's plight. Jacob reminds us that for an enslaved woman, a woman to control herself and refuse any sexual advance was essentially illegal. So I'm going to actually post the name of the book up and I'm going to try to look for it and see if I can order it to get it. Uh, I would be interested in reading Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. So the over-sexualization of black women in current culture um, has contributed a great deal to the topic of transgenerational trauma within black families. In relation to mental health, this has caused black women to be increasingly objectified and demoralized. It has more so influenced body image and how in particular black bodies should be. And that has plagued the black community. While there have been some improvements with the perception of black women in media, it is still heavy in hip-hop culture where women are seen in a sexualized and demoralized manner. These types of images in the media are correlated to depression and self-esteem issues um, in the black community. And we're going to actually go and talk about the stereotypes, the, the different kinds of stereotypes a bit later. 
So in the um, this article, which I mentioned before, blackburncenter.org, uh, we're going to look at the historical roots of the sexualization of black women and girls. So it says in the article that they expo uh, explored in one of their previous um, articles how society views black girls as more mature and less innocent than their white peers. And this allows for predators such as R. Kelly to exploit them. Research has shown that black girls are viewed through a hypersexual lens and as a result are less likely to be believed when they report sexual assault. Uh, the article continues to say, this begs the question, where exactly does this belief stem from and how can we combat it? So the article continues saying, like many issues involving race in our country in the U.S., the view of black women and girls as hypersexual has its roots in racism. Understanding how our culture came to believe that black women and girls were more sexually advanced can help us to eradicate this harmful way of thinking and protect all women and girls from sexual violence. So it says that before the slave trade took hold in America, Euro European travelers, I wouldn't call them travelers, to Africa were both fascinated and appalled, fuck you, by the dress and practices of the Africans that they encountered there. The minimal amounts of clothing worn by Africans um, the fact that some tribes practiced polygamy and the seemingly suggestive tribal dances led these <clears throat> Europeans to believe that Africans were sexually lewd. <sighs> Fuck you, seriously. William Smith wrote that African women were, and I quote, hot constitutioned ladies who, again I quote, are continually contriving stratagems how to gain a lover. Really now, the initial stereotype of black women as sexually promiscuous arose from these writings. Later, these notions, among others, were used to justify enslaving Africans. Go fuck yourselves. Sorry. So sorry. <laughs> I'm starting already. You're going to hear a lot of F-bombs left, right, and center, and a whole bunch of other... F I mean, seriously, uh, for it to be an explicit show it will be i'm just going to warn you guys i will be dropping a whole lot of f-bombs throughout this episode um in the 1800s a south african woman named sarah bartman um was known as hotentot venus so and her body was paraded around london and paris where they looked at her exotic features such as large breasts and behind her features were deemed lesser and over sexual so we're actually going to discuss a bit later about Sarah Bartman and we're going to talk about her her ordeal. It's I'm sure that you've heard her name Sarah Bartman or you've seen images of her, but we are going to I'm going to delve deeper into her story a bit later. So during the era of slavery in the United States, sorry, United States, the idea that black women had insatiable appetites for sex was used to justify the rape of enslaved women by their owners. For owners, this practice had the added effect of producing additional enslaved people. Under the laws of the time, any child born to an enslaved person would also be enslaved. As a result, an owner would be able to increase his personal wealth through committing horrific crimes. 
Because enslaved people were considered property, enslaved women could not legally be raped under the law at the time. In contrast, enslaved men who engaged in relations with white women, whether consensual or forcibly, this article didn't mention it, but I did I did see it in other articles. This article just says that they were put to death, but I read in other articles that these men would be tortured, sometimes castrated, and put to death. Oh, I'm getting all sorts of like, again, anyway, I'm not, mm-mm. Other factors during the slavery era led to the view that black women and girls were highly sexual. First, enslaved women and girls were frequently pregnant. No, no, of course they were. Obviously they were. Yes, they were. I wonder why. We actually just fucking mentioned it because th these fucktards, okay, would fucking rape them, would consider them fucking go fuck yourselves you know what it's already starting oh my god seriously they were frequently pregnant yeah they were we know why this was encouraged as a way to increase the number of enslaved people on a plantation and often rewarded <sighs> fuck off when an enslaved woman or girl became pregnant it was often used as proof that she had an insatiable sexual appetite you know fuck off at the at the same time, enslaved people were regularly put on auction blocks in naked or nearly naked states. This display of black women stood in stark contrast to white women who were clothed nearly head to toe. It reinforced the idea that white women were modest and pure. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, right. While black women were immodest and sexually lewd. Please, seriously. I, ooh, mm-mm, mm-mm. It reinforced the idea. For, see, really now? Did it? Did it reinforce the idea? Because all I see at this point is that's a, how can you even not, ooh, mm -mm. anyway. Okay, we're already starting, so sorry. After the Civil War and the end of slavery, the sexual victimization of black women and girls did not end. The crime of rape was common, yet from the end of the Civil War until the 1960s, and I underline this, no Southern white male was convicted of rape or attempted rape of a black woman or girl. I'm going to read that again. The crime of rape was common, yet from the end of the Civil War until the 1960s, no Southern white male was convicted of rape or attempted rape of a black woman or girl. To tell you the truth, people are not being held accountable today. All right, there are. Uh, mm. Okay, Carissa. Okay. If assaulted by a black man, many black women and girls did not report the crime to authorities for fear that the assailant would be put to death. Why? Do you actually think that the authorities would give two shits also? They wouldn't even care. They wouldn't even care. A police force. A white male police force if a black woman or girl would go in there and this still holds fucking true today if they came to report a crime irregardless of if the crime was committed by a white male or a black male the fucking police force half the time wouldn't even fucking care so sorry I'm just like putting it out there it's just infuriate it infuriates me it infur oh fucking hell it infuriates me. Just a little side note that, of course, there are police officers out there who do care. But, but you know, you know, you, you damn well know 
what's going on and what went on. And sometimes this male-dominated society turns a fucking blind eye to many crimes committed against and atrocities committed against black people in general. Um, and we know what they do. I mean, I'm okay. Sorry. Ooh, I'm, I'm lit. I'm officially lit and I ain't happy about it because we're only 20 minutes in and I am going on my fucking rant and rave. Whoo. Hold on tight kids. Cause it's about to get rough. Let me tell you. The portrayal of black women and girls as sexually promiscuous, stereotypical Jezebels continued throughout the 20th century. We're actually going to, like I said before, mention the other stereotypes. Um, so it continued throughout the 20th century, and it's prominent to this day. Memorabilia from the 1900s often show black women and girls as highly sex sexualized with large breasts and buttocks. They may be pregnant, have multiple children, or simply be shown as one-dimensional sexual beings. Some memorabilia from this era, era sexualizes children as well, depicting pregnant black children or young black children um, with breasts, and they're covering their ge genitals with a paper fan. In movies and pop culture, black women were generally depicted as highly sexualized fallen women when they weren't being shown as mammies. The point being made was clear and not subtle. In American society, black women and girls were viewed as promiscuous and sexually deviant, even from a young age. With a history like this, is it any wonder that our culture currently views black girls in this way? <laughs> Carissa, calm yourself. Calm yourself. I feel like I need to take a moment or like from the scene of Karate Kid. Do you guys remember that Karate Kid scene where Mr. Miyagi is teaching him wax on, wax off? I actually think I need to start that to like calm myself down. I did do yoga today, but I'm lit. Seriously, I'm lit. As mentioned, I just mentioned two of the kind of stereotypes. We're going to go deeper into it now. So as mentioned before, like scholars trace the sexualization of black women back to the times of slavery. There were certain stereotypes that were invented as a way to dehumanize black women. So these stereotypes include the Jezebel, who was seen as a light-skinned, over-sexual black woman with no control over her desires. The Mammy, a dark-skinned, fat black woman who was asexual in nature and whose sole purpose was to cook for a white family. Then we go into the Sapphire, first shown on the radio television show Amos and Andy. I, not, I don't know this show. Uh, so she was portrayed as uh, loud, crude, jealous, and she took a joy in emasculating men. So the, uh, the Jezebel stereotype in particular has re-emerged in the form of rap video vixens. These images seen in music videos have two effects. First, they influence how black women are viewed in society. And secondly, they shape how black women view themselves. Representations of black girlhood in the media and popular culture uh, suggest that black girls face a different set of rules, as we mentioned before, when it comes to sex, innocence, and blame. The consequences of the sexualization of black girls can be seen through the 2004 trial of motherfucker R. Kelly. <clears throat> the immediate response from the public cleared R. Kelly of any wrongdoing while subsequently blaming a, the young girl for her abuse. 
One respondent to a Village Voice article claimed that she wasn't disturbed by the video because, and this is in her words, it wasn't like she was new to the act. She was speaking about the young girl. Um, she heard that the victim worked it like most of uh, most 30-something-year-old friends that have yet to learn how to do it. <sighs> So this desensitization is directly linked to um, the music industry and the subsequent fans who value the artist over their potential victims. Instead of being correctly labeled as victims, these women are instead turned into groupies. Uh, this is not my wording. Groupies, hoochies, and chicken heads. What the fuck? What the fuck? One of the jurors on the R. Kelly case noted that he believed the defense because her body appeared to be developed. What the fuck? Let me tell you something. At 11 years, no, at 10 years old, I started developing. What? And what? And? And? Fuck off. Sorry. So Sika A. Dagbovi Mullins acknowledged that this harmful and skewered reasoning reflects a national troubling tendency to view black adolescent females as sexually savvy and therefore respon uh, responsible themselves for their s the sexualization and exploitation of their bodies. So there is a link between the images of a submissive woman being portrayed by a girl and a willingness for people to believe that young black girls can give consent. This is a narrative that is supported by the sexy schoolgirl image portrayed in the uh, media. So music, music videos, and images, they play a pivotal role in the messages individuals hear and see. These messages can be positive or negative, and they can influence how consumers and producers respond to and interrogate them critically, socially, physically, and emotionally. So the images portrayed, um, and I quote, in both African-American and mainstream American culture reinforce the lenses through which the everyday experience and ideal for adolescent African-American women are viewed. And it continues to talk about a show. I, I've never heard of this show, but it sh uh, shows like the flavor of love, which rely on the stereotype of the black pimp and the submissive woman or women. So it's where Flavor Flav strip, uh, strips women of their real name and gives them nicknames such as Thing One and Thing Two, uh, showcase the denial of the agency of black women. This denial of agency makes it easier for people to see them as little more than sex symbols, uh, while infantilizing them and stripping them of all things that make them individuals creates a culture in which black women are no longer seen as people, but objects used for individual male pleasure. It makes it easier to side with men when black women accuse them of assault because black women can't be assaulted when all they want is sex. What the fuck? <laughs> what? What? So then it continues and it says that even women are guilty of sexualization. And it uh, talks about Nicki Minaj who made the phrase Barbie bitch popular and raps about how she only, and I quote, fucks with ballers, draws on stereotypes such as the gold digger in order to promote her brand. While the bad bitch Barbie character was developed out of a history of over-sexualizing the bodies of black women, it has also been used as a way of black women to reconquer their sexuality. It's no longer men using their bodies for the enjoyment of other men, 
but it is they themselves who are showcasing their features as a way of uplifting who they are. Hence, duality is created within hip-hop culture. The sexualization of black women is still being seen, but with the emergence of female artists, we also see an emergence of counterculture reclaiming the sexuality of black women as their own. We're going to actually speak more about um, hip-hop and rap culture um, a bit later in an article. Uh, So while at the same time the bad bitch Barbie still creates unrealistic images for black girls to compare themselves to, by reclaiming the sexuality that was robbed of them by men, they have introduced a new problem. As black girls face the pressures to recreate themselves again in the images being presented to them. So this is where it says black women's bodies are either invisible or hyper visible. Now we're going to go into this article that I said it's an opinion um, blog written by or an opinion piece written by Iman Forte. And it's called Hip Hop's Influence on the Image of Black Women in America. So it says it's time to take responsibility and analyze the black community's role in over sexualizing our own. Black women in America have been over-sexualized since the birth of this nation. Literature, rhetoric, birth of this nation, since, since, there have, since the time of colonization, and those motherfuckers that came around to conquer, rape, pillage, murder, massacre, millions of people, that's when other groups have been over-sexualized. But okay. We're talking about America here. So black women in America have been over-sexualized since the birth of this nation. Literature, rhetoric, film, television, newspaper, magazines, social media, propaganda, law, have performed as tools used by white America to sexualize and devalue the bodies of black women. It is easy to examine how white America has used these tools against our women, but it is equally important that the African-American community looks into how it, it also supports those ideas specifically through hip-hop. So hip-hop is a major part of black American culture. It is our own outlet to expressing ourselves, our communities, our struggles, and our accomplishments. There have been many instances where hip-hop has been used to stand up for injustice and humanity. One of the most popular um, being NWA's powerful stance against police brutality in their record, Fuck the Police. Exactly, Fuck the Police. As popular, sorry, as popular as it is for hip hop, not the part where I repeated fuck the police. I'm not sorry about that. As popular as it is for hip hop artists to use their platform for the greater good, there is also an equally popular trend of using black women as props in music videos. It's extremely common, not always, for black women to be formed into inanimate objects for a visual experience through their clothing, dancing, actions, and sometimes speech. Although hip-hop can be thought of as an art form, the type of message these music videos send can be detrimental by marking all black women in similar ways. Let's begin by discussing how there is an exaggerated emphasis on the body, which makes it easy for black women to be sexualized. Well, and also, if, you know, objectified. Stereotypes regarding black women often surround the physique. In Why Do Music Videos Portray Black Women as Exotic Sex Objects? Eramara Larasi draws attention to the emphasis put on the bodies of African-American women, which are seen as inherently sexual and animalistic, with a heavy focus on body shape, particular, particularly the posterior. 
The black woman's butt has been considered a distinct point of fascination for centuries. Sir Mix-a-Lot's iconic song and video to Baby's Got Back draws attention to the shape of black women's bodies, specifically regarding butts. Over time, big behinds have become associated with black women as a whole. Can I just say, um, it's, it's, this is interesting. My mama, when she was alive, um, she used to tell me, because she was born in, in the 40s. Um, actually, my mom was born in 1940. But um, so she, she was basically in her 20s during the 1960s and in the well, 50s and 60s. And she used to tell me that... The, in those days, okay, apart from my the fact that my mom grew up in a in a very Catholic household um, where you wouldn't really show yourself in any way, shape, or form, um, my mama used to tell me that you wouldn't show your curves. You wouldn't show your curves. And as um, my mama, you know, was a black woman, so she she did have, you know, certain curves and everything to her, but... In those days, she said, no, you wouldn't show them because it wasn't in fashion. You know, the fashion was complete. And we're not talking about just the cl clothes wise. We're talking about the the body, the ideal body and, and the shape of the body was completely different to what is considered the ideal body shape in today's society and culture. Back 40, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, my mom was like, no, you wouldn't show, you know, your 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 butt as much she would try to hide it and she was always telling me I always used to hide it and I used to be so ashamed of like my curves and it just goes to show you like how it was it's ingrained in her and it was ingrained in her from a very young age okay apart from the whole Catholic upbringing thing but also in the sense of no 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 you can't be showing yourself like that don't show yourself like that so sometimes when I I walked around you know because it's hot in Cyprus let's I mean come on now I'm going to be wearing my shorts. I'm going to be wearing my cute little dresses. I'm going to, you know, because I'm fucking hot. Seriously. And my mom's like, can you? And it's not like my shorts are the kind of shorts that are like you would think, oh, like, is it a thong she's wearing? No, no, they're like normal shorts, you know, because I just find it unhygienic. If I'm going to go sit somewhere where the sun is like hitting on plastic chairs to go and sit my butt on there, number one. But um, in the sense of, you know, my shorts were like not short, short, but they're normal shorts. You know, they're not up to the knees. They're above. I mean, they hide what needs to be hidden in a way because, well, I'm not on a nudist beach. And number two, it's unhygienic if I was just going to go and sit around with my butt and my vag hanging out. Right. And she was like, don't you think you're showing yourself off too much? And I'm like, eh, no, it's hot. Uh, I'm allowed to walk around with sleeveless t-shirts tank top whatever the hell I want to wear I'm going to wear but it's like she was always like making those kind of comments my mama bless her heart seriously always making these kind of comments of don't you think you're showing too much cleavage don't you think you're showing too much this and I'm like no no I don't think I'm showing too much cleavage too much I mean it's not like you can see my butt cheeks it's hot I'm hot I suffer from water retention. Give me a break. Seriously. I'm going to show whatever I have on this body. I'm going to somehow show it. I'm sorry. It's just like that. But it just goes to show you how the trends have changed in a way. And yes, the emphasis on the on this hourglass uh, shape, the prominent butt 
dare I say, even like people like we, we talked about in an episode of the Brazilian, but, you know, surgeries that people go and get um, just in order to have that shape um, that's in trend today. But back 50, 60 years ago in my mama's time, it wasn't it wasn't a thing to actually show off. And also she grew up, unfortunately, being ashamed of her shape again because of this over-sexualization of black women's bodies, you know, it was ingrained in her by the patriarchy, and dare I say the white patriarchy, that um, no, 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 you cannot show yourself. It would be lewd, uh, it's sexual, uh, men are going to be staring and making comments. First of all, men who do make such comments need to be taught that everybody's body is their own. Do not touch, do not make comments about it. Mind your business. Rant and rave over again. <laughs> I would like to apologize. In April 2017, rapper Rick Ross released a music video to his song, She on My Dick, featuring superstar artist Gucci Mane. The video takes place in a strip club where most of the women are showcased as sexual props. The women are seen barely clothed, some not at all, and dancing provocatively around the men. The amount of black women in a video with this title alone is also problematic. The list of videos that damage black women's image goes on. Tupac's I Get Around, Jay-Z's Big Pimping, Ludacris's What's Your Fantasy, 50 Cent's Candy Shop, Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. The music videos in the hip-hop world further push the agenda of keeping black women in a box. The hip-hop community needs to take a good look at itself. Speaking of for black rights also includes speaking up and protecting black women. So from all these articles, we can see that even though the origins of the sexualization and objectification of women, and in particular, black women and girls, dates back to hundreds of years, we can see that there's still a continuation of this, whether it be through various forms of the media, whether it be the music we listen to, the videos, the movies. I was reading so many other articles where it gave so many examples of different movies as well. I mean, apart from, you know, Gone with the Wind and others also, um, it talked about Monster's Ball. It, talks, it talked about um, uh, some of the Pam Greer movies as well. I mean, it gave so many um, examples of where uh, in movies there was this, um, these stereotypes being portrayed. And also the memorabilia. I saw, I went onto a website and I saw some of this memorabilia that they had dating back to just 50 years ago. And I was like, what the hell is this? The thing is that, again, we're kind of unfortunately so desensitized because it's been around us for so long that we no longer see it. And, you know, we have to actually take a moment to stop and think. This is what I mentioned also last week, even in, in, in um, just family TV shows, um, for example, like Family Matters, you see that there is the sexualization and objectification of the female characters in, in, in there. And it's, it, it's something like just a family-friendly TV show. You would think, oh, there's nothing in it. But there is. It's all these kind of subliminal messages being sent to us. And it's also um, in cartoons. I actually 
when I was researching for this, I, it brought me back to my childhood where I would be watching, you know, the Bugs Bunny, like the 1940s, 1950s, like cartoons of like Bugs Bunny and all that, where again, there would be these racist depictions of um, Africans. And when they would like show, you know, maybe like Bugs Bunny or one of those characters going to Africa, let's say, would be like the dark continent. And then they would have these depictions, these stereotypes of these savages with like bones going through like their nose and stuff like that. And this is children's cartoons. And you're thinking, oh, my God. And you don't stop to think about it, you know, as a child, you just see it as a cartoon. But the image somehow is still in there. And then we see, of course, that um, when slavery began we saw that there was again this this disregard this inhumane treatment just the way that human beings were treated and treated like worse than animals and dehumanized to such a point that it still in exists in our society in our culture today and it's quite shocking um, actually, it's just it's it's quite shocking. And throughout all the research that I've done for the many, many topics for Beauty Unlocked, it's just really opened my eyes up and I see things in a totally different way. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm guilty of this. Well, shit, I'm guilty of this. And the thing is, it's our responsibility to unlearn all of these things and then educate ourselves so that the vicious cycle can end because otherwise it's never going to end. It's just going to continue. Um, I actually wanted to um, go into the story of Sarah Bartman, but I finally decided that, no, what we'll do is that we'll do a separate mini episode on Sarah Bartman and her ordeal and her story basically and it would be easier that way so kind of breaking and breaking it up because i know you guys are probably thinking oh my god all the information you like gave us carissa and all the ranting and raving i know i know so that's why i've decided that i'll probably drop the Sarah Bartman episode on Sunday or Monday it won't be a bonus episode it'll be a little extra and I'll also give you some more details on what's happening behind the scenes here so with that as always you know you know that I'm going to say love each other love yourselves spread some of that sweet sweet love please check yourselves um, let's really look within and kind of be more aware of the way that we think about others and we think about ourselves and where some of these kind of issues where they might stem from originate what's happening let's let's really kind of dissect the way that we think in order to relearn and educate ourselves and bring awareness to others in doing so um to create a better world you know, it's one step at a time, you guys. It's one step at a time. So with that, I hope you... Well, I can't really say I hope you enjoyed this episode because it is a very heavy topic. We discussed a lot. I would love to hear your opinions on it. Tell me what you think. You know that you can send me DMs. You can send me uh, messages on the Facebook page, on the Facebook group. You can uh, send me an email at beautyunlocked 
what is it beauty unlocked podcast at gmail.com god i always get confused with the like ig handle you can also send me private dms on on instagram don't forget to follow us like share our stuff spread that love to us and um don't forget to like partake in friday spread the love on facebook so with that i hope you guys have a lovely week and um keep an eye out for that little extra episode on sarah bartman it's either going to drop on sunday or monday with all that being said it's the longest goodbye it's the mediterranean style goodbye (laughs) i hope you guys have a lovely weekend take care of yourselves bye wow